In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout Scripture, there are many encounters with God. And often the encounter with God from Moses, the prophets, the apostles, when they encounter God, they are undone. They are thrown back upon themselves and realize that they are broken, that they are creatures, that they come from a people of unclean lips, and that they share in the exile of Adam. The presence of God, His holiness, is what the beginning of Lent throws us into. The canon of St. Andrew embraces the depth of the reality of God. For like the patriarchs, prophets, and apostles, we don't have much of a different experience of God when we encounter him. We too are thrown back on ourselves, <coughs> realizing just exactly who we are, what we've done, and how much we need him. And the services plumb the depths of that realization, that epiphany, that when we come into the presence of God, there is, well, there's an aspect where we can deceive ourselves and put him off, that we can push that encounter away, because as you hear the hymns, the Traparia from St. Andrew, or even just the rest of Great Compliments, Great Compliments is a very penitential service, one is tempted to push away the reality of being in the presence of God, to not want to really have to deal with or address the sores, the wounds, as the last ode talks about, uh, having neglected all of the examples of the Old Testament and even of the New Testament, we add wounds upon wounds, like the image from the beginning of Isaiah, that we are wounded and we have nothing to really help our wounds. This is repentance, to come before him, to accept him for exactly who he is, and to look in all truthfulness at ourselves and the gap that is there. And the services themselves, they plumb the depths, and they soar to the heights. God is with us. We know that his presence is a presence where we are deeply affected, moved, even sometimes repelled at what we have done. But his presence is also what's drawing us forward, that loves us, that desires everything good for us. So the, the church puts before us 
the entire drama of our salvation because St. Andrew in the hymnody of the great canon is a dialogue with his soul that we are brought into so that we too can encounter the Jacob that we are, the Adam that we are, the Eve that we are, the David that we are, and how we all share and basically the same sin of Adam and rejecting what God has said and going our own <clears throat> path. As we contemplated with Andrew Jacob, the hymns are particularly interesting as it talks about the work that Jacob had to do in order to gain a wife. Although the first time around, he didn't get exactly what he wanted, so he got double the work, and then he received what he had actually desired. And the hymn talks about action, or praxis in the Greek, and contemplation, and the necessity of work. For repentance itself is work. Work in the sense that it is hard. And it is something that we would like to kind of gloss over, that we shirk, because we can easily, right? Who can just say, like, yes, I'm a sinner. It's kind of a blanket statement. But to really delve into it and be able to say, I'm the worst of all sinners. I've done worse than all of these patriarchs, of the Old Testament, which I probably look back and just say, really? That, that's what you did? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it is in the acceptance of repentance as work that it takes time, that it takes real effort on our part to actually just like any relationship, to show up, to be vulnerable, to in, truly admit wrong, to desire to amend one's way, but especially to bask specifically in the presence of God and to take time being in his presence learning to enjoy him, but also realizing that it takes the constant work of attention. How many times did your mind float away tonight? Seven times seven? Seventy-seven times seven? That prayer and focus is hard. That the sins that we've gotten ourselves into in the past, present, and in the future that we're going to find ourselves are things that we did, they don't seem like work to us because we enjoy them most of the time, but they are things that we have to do with our body, and so when we repent, it's going to require our body. It's going to be fasting, it's going to be the constant remembrance of God, pulling our mind together, focusing on God rather than having all the memories, all the things flood us, to do prostrations 
or if we physically can't do a prostration, to do a deep matanya, to even have in our hands a prayer rope or something to ground our prayer and to bring us back when our mind wanders. That repentance is something that bears fruit. It's not just a thought. It's not just a passing desire, but it's something that we have to, as our Lord says in the Gospel, force or with uh, violence take the kingdom. Obviously, he does not mean physical violence. He means force, actually expending our energy, our time, our effort, and desire to love him. Because we serve either God, I think there's a famous singer who said this, you got to serve somebody. That's going to fly over a few younger generations probably at this point. That we in the Chaparia tonight specifically talked about what sin does to us. Uh, the furrows on our back of sin, our master, that he leaves on us, the devil. But we've got to serve somebody. So let us put our hands to the plow to look towards the kingdom, to not look back like Lot's wife, so that we may, through constant attention, vigilance, and effort to bring Christ into our midst, and to feel his love, to accept his love, and to continually move towards him, especially as we continue through this week to not lose heart, to not fall into despair or despondency, but to continue and come back to him, the radiant, loving God who desires all, nothing but good for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow evening,